So that's super fun. Uh, we're going to go over some news. Uh, yes, first we have news. news. Yeah. So, very exciting. Let's tell the news. In the rotten news, news we didn't really discuss it, uh, this particular thing in the podcast last week that we did a live last weekend, trying out some Saturday hot night. sauces that mm-hmm. were called... So-called hot sauces. So-called hot sauces. Thank you. Yes, it was Swift Burn Dynamite Hot Sauces. They taste good on food. They're really not that hot. I vomited. Grim vomited. She did vomit. I'm seeing a theme. Yeah, right. She vomited tonight too. (laughs) Well, we we did another. (laughs) Anyways, let's just go past that to Monday. Uh, On Monday, we uh, I released a another one of our reviews for for Hilltop Farms. Hilltop Farms here in Argo and. Fun little fun fact about that review. A good handful of patrons have come into the grocery store that me and Grim work at and have said, on your recommendation to try out Hilltop, we went and tried out Hilltop and nice. it was really good. And thank you for the recommendation. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. fantastic. So, uh, Hilltop, that'll be $7.50. <laughs> well, speaking of the, the store that you work at, uh, we've also put together a lot of stuff for Buckeye yes, Grocery. Yes, we have Buckeye Grocery in Argo. Yes. You guys can find them on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, on I cannot Facebook. get on TikTok without seeing tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> on Facebook tomatoes. it is called uh, Buckeye's Grocery uh, Argo, Alabama. On TikTok it is just Buckeye's Argo. And on Instagram, it is also Buckeyes uh, Grocery Argo, Alabama. So I cannot get on TikTok. That is the end of that sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. And literally, we have got a rousing reception for our last tomato video that Graham came up with. So that was uh, that went over really fun. It had well. tomatoes in it. It had tomatoes in it. Yeah. I liked the peaches video y'all did too. The peaches was fun. The peaches was fun, but the tomato video, for some reason, has gotten a lot more press than the peaches Yes, video. it has. It has. People like majors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, people are fond of fruits. You know what it takes to make fruit. It takes some weather. I have a weather report here if you guys are ready. Oh, yeah. Please. Please. Hit us with the weather report. Weather boy. So, today's weather report, when water falls from the sky, that's called rain. Don't make a big fucking deal about it. <laughs> Good. Not only a weather report, but wise words yeah, from our weatherman advice. out in the field. Beautifully wise said. Advice. My helicopter is awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Do it again. Hey, I'm in the helicopter. Nobody starts running around the room. Uh, hey, this body. helicopter sounds real. that i'm tossing grim out of apparently 
Grisville is the meat talker. Uh, so yeah. Uh, well, we after, have a little bit more after we did that. What else do we got? Well, we have been filming some more. We've got we some have. new skits filmed. We've and got about what is that? About five new skits I filmed, so. and we're going to start a new series, which will be called Rotten Remains, which is an old scrapped idea from Rotten Strips, because that was one of the ideas we had for the name of Rotten Strips. So this will be kind of like. Uh, a new running series with as many of us as we can get in every, whenever the hell I do it. Maybe three episodes before we get to uh, the middle of September when Sounds we start working right. on strips. Because <laughs> we got a lot. So uh, we did get the, uh, as one of the things that we just recently filmed, we got that job making the uh, after school special about fireworks safety. So I'm yes, looking forward yes. to everybody seeing that. Exactly. Very that, educational. Very educational. Uh Frankie, I got to tell you, one word for it. the burrito video and the burrito being spat out of my mouth is, I don't know how I edited this so well, but it is fucking amazing. Fucking love it. <laughs> I knew that when it was happening, when we were filming it, that magic was occurring. Magic definitely <laughs> occurred. It literally looks exactly like it was supposed to look. I don't know how I did that with the, the small amount of footage that I had, but I did it. And Personally, it personally, my favorite is Matt's sound effects for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so anything else? Yes, I, there are two other things I would like to mention. One, uh, on Friday, we released several more new shirt designs on Public. We've got a no. good handful of new shirts. There are more to come. I'm going to try to make one for everybody in the group that are similar to the ones I made tonight. You can find you can find them on tpublic.com slash user slash rotten. That's right. Hey, guys, I just got mine in the mail today. Nice. My, uh, we got a few. I got my horror uh, print design that I'm going to claim that I'm wearing because this is an audio medium and you can't prove me wrong. That's so. true. That's true. We got us a few, uh, what was it, a couple of days ago? I think it was on Monday on that Monday? they were delivered. Uh, um, and now that you've put up new designs, we will have to order some more. Yeah, we will be yes, ordering we more. Will. And we also got our rotten tapestry, which yes. looks phenomenal. Yeah, Maddie, you uh, tasted which... it. <laughs> Our first showing of that rotten tapestry was, was from my other piece of rotten news, the live we did uh, Friday night. Saturday. No, Friday. Friday night. Friday. Trying yeah, the Miracle Friday. Berry off of Amazon. Yes, and that was the weirdest shit in the world because it literally makes everything taste like sweet Super sweet. Shit. <laughs> and if it's sour, it just makes it taste like nothing. Yeah. And if it's bitter, part. you vomit. And if it's bitter, you vomit. Yeah. Or scream vomit. Scream also. vomit. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, scr I get it. I screamed. I get it. I mean, we, we all heard you. You scream vomit. The... Okay, next. I mm. can't get it out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it won't go away. It won't get out of my mouth. <laughs> I've yeah. never been so glad to not be there. <laughs> Man, pickles tasted disgusting. I yeah. love dill pickles. They I, tasted disgusting. I was so disappointed because I loved the pickle taste and it didn't have any. I got I got accused of tomfoolery. <laughs> we were like, you swap these pickles, you son of a bitch. You rep scallion, you. <laughs> it was instant distrust for Scott. <laughs> that was the, like, I mean, yeah. taste distrust. <laughs> <laughs> this taste but that was, what was the funny 
funniest part about that though was after you had already tried several things and been like, oh wow, yeah, this does taste really different. But for some reason, you still expected that one thing to taste, to the, taste the way you wanted it to. And then it was Scott's fault that it didn't. It is 100% Scott's fault. I'm glad we all agree on this. Yeah, that's the case with most things I find. So, yes, yes. Scott's fault, definitely. Hey, Frankie, out of curiosity, have you tried Miracle Berry? I have not, and I refuse to. <laughs> it does rewire your taste buds. And uh, Frankie proven to be the smartest of us. I'm interested <laughs> in seeing how long this is going to last. I'm not into your dystopian future where you can rewire your brain. That video game sucked. It's not. It's still not done. Still not well, done. I want it in real life. Cyberpunk. But uh, yeah, so that is what we've news. got in Rotten News. Did, Was there any news in that? This, uh, <sighs> after this, this coming week that we know of, have we planned anything um, yet? We, well, I know we did some filming on Saturday. I don't know what the hell we filmed, but we did some. Oh, uh, that's usually usually uh, until we see the footage, we don't know what we filmed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that I that means it'll be like fantastic. A <laughs> I'm a genius. I would like to say, uh, just we're going to start throwing this plug in there. Uh, What's the date for CreepyCon? Ah, yes, CreepyCon. It is the, the last weekend that is not in... officially sanctioned by CreepyCon, but will happen on the grounds near CreepyCon. <laughs> Asterisk. That is the Asterisk. end of August. It is the last weekend in August, which I believe is the 27th and 28th. Well, it's the 26th through the 28th. We will be there all day, the Saturday, the 27th, and Sunday, the 28th. Yes, yes. and we will all, everybody on this podcast right now will be there, including a few more. Yes. <laughs> oh, lots more, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, not the people, I didn't say the listeners, just the <laughs> yeah. people sitting in on this. Yeah. Uh, which is right here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and I will be leading a peaceful resistance protest against this senseless noodle war. This is disgusting. <laughs> Frankie, if this is possible, disgusting. If at all possible, could you make some picket signs and from polls who oppose me? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I had to stab Scott in the uvula. He was getting on my nerves. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Guys, I just got stabbed in the uvula. Can you please stop fucking bleeding on me, Scott? Yeah, oh, I can. I, I mean, just as soon as grow up and close that wound. Just as why? Little... Why is your uvula blood like a different color? I think it's the miracle berry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sweet. The blood though. does taste sweet. Yeah, True story. Yeah. Uh, Very weird. The weekend after that, super jazzed uh, Halloween mm -hmm. Horror Nights starts. Yes. And uh, um, hopefully we will be making it out to Halloween Horror Nights on that first right, weekend. If we can we'll find to. a way to make it work. I'm super stoked about it. They I just, just released uh, one of the houses is uh, Bloom House. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, there are other houses. Uh, we might not be there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be other houses. If, if we ever, if we have to skip one, I'm thinking that one's going on the list. <laughs> yep, that's fair. That's fair. Boy, the house can suck it. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> yeah, they're actually the sponsor of today's episode. So, uh, <laughs> Awkward. I, I say something. We uh, here's a fun little movie review for everybody. Oh wow! We haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. Me and Brandy nope. hasn't seen Doctor Strange, but we. Urza <laughs> just ran inside, ducking her tail and barking. Anyways, something scared the hell. Out but of we did 
see a way I'm imagining better version of the multiverse in everything, everywhere, all at once. Could not tell me anything about that it. That movie is fucking amazing. I cannot rave about it as much enough. It is one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. Yeah. No, I, it was yes, it was amazing. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I'm I, so jazzed to it. see it. I uh, I'm the blown away by yeah. how good. That I okay. Was. So when I first saw the trailer, I got really excited about. It. I said, "What is this? Mm-hmm. We have to see this." And then as things go, when you see a trailer and then you don't see it again, and then you forget about it by the time it comes out. <laughs> and not. he started playing it last night, and I. I was just glued to it. We watched the trailer again today, and I love the trailer even more now that I've seen the movie. And it is everything. Like it is insane how crazy the it is everything everywhere. Idea behind that movie and the idea of how they deal with multiverses is just. I I I can't say enough about how bad without without giving anything away. Uh, one of my favorite pieces and the way it starts before you even get to the action parts is the way they tell the story through facial expressions. That's awesome. There is dialogue, but the dialogue is not what's telling you the story. It's their faces that tell the story. And I loved it. Such a good movie. They say that. And the, the post credit scene reveals that the bad guy's Dr. Doom, right? Correct. <laughs> that is correct. And it leads into phase six. That, uh, that reminds me of the, the saying that uh, the face of a child can say so much, especially the mouth. Oh, face. Yes. Uh, yeah. oh, I want to punch kids. Our, hey, there's a dog over there. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think Urza there's a ghost has, in here with us because Ursa is definitely wigging out. not happy with something that the rest of us we cannot see. Hey, I did see the new Doctor Strange movie yesterday. That is a Sam Raimi movie. It's a what? That is a Sam Raimi movie. What did I say? Yeah. Uh, as yeah. soon as I went and saw it, I called back. I was like, uh, I don't know if this is a Marvel film, but it's a definitely a Sam Raimi film. Yep. Undeniable you said it was Sam, a Sam Raimi, Raimi movie. Film. Am I to imagine that that means there's a lot of like cuts where the same thing happens over and over again in the background? Well, I don't want to spoil it. But... <laughs> like the. Does it seem like the extras don't really know what they're doing? <laughs> I love that there was like a little like wink, wink, nudge, nudge about the uh, the role that psychedelics played in the early history of the comic book. Because, you know, the Doctor Strange comic book really was just to tap into like the uh, psychedelia culture. You yeah, know, definitely. that's why it was so trippy. And uh, they really kind of. Uh, you know, did a hard wink toward that in this movie. I thought that was fun. Uh, I just, I don't know. I guess if I had one complaint about it, it's like they did well with the Scarlet Witch. Um, but like, if you're going to have Sam Raimi do a Marvel horror movie that is Doctor Strange, you're telling me the best you could do was just make the villain Scarlet Witch. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I think they only did that just so they could harken back to the TV series because they were like, you know what? We won't even have to build the story about the Scarlet Witch. You really have to have seen the TV show to get the story. And this is one of those Marvel movies that I feel like relied heavily on people seeing something else. A lot of the Marvel movies are can kind of stand alone in, in certain aspects, but this one, 
You will not have any idea who the Scarlet Witch is, any idea about her backstory. It's a seven episode series that really uh, under explains why it gets to this point in the first place. Huh. Yeah, it's uh, uh it was really good. Um I, I, I'm interested in seeing it for sure. We just haven't yet. In uh in, in kind of related news, you know, talking about trailers and things like that. I uh out of curiosity, I watched the trailer for Diablo 4 today, and they do, uh, Blizzard does huge cinematic trailers for mm-hmm. their uh, sub average games. Oh, sub average, that's awful. That's awful, kind of. Yeah. Huge uh, cinematic uh, But the, the cinematics uh, in this trailer are the best that I have ever seen them do. Man, if they would have just spent that time making the game. Yeah. I remember when they announced this game and there was literally a groan from the audience because they were like, we're going to make Diablo 4 and it's going to be mobile. No, no, no. This is Immortal. Whatever. Nevertheless, it was like, the new Diablo project's going to be mobile and everybody's like, this is not the mobile version. This is four. This is the actual sequel. Okay. Well, I've heard that you the, keep telling yourself that. Yeah, the subsequent groan is still coming from that audience and the players of the game. Oh yeah, everybody in Immortal is mad as shit. <laughs> uh, and, and me too, because I'm in there. <clears throat> cool guys. Well, that's been news and uh, some little extra stuff. Uh, if you guys stick around and please do, we're going to take a quick uh, little sponsor break, and when we come back, we'll get into number two. Number Freddy's two. Revenge. We're going to get into a real number two of a review. Yeah. It should have been called Nightmare on Elm Street Behind the Red Door because yeah. the door is red in this one. Yes, it is. It's fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Crazy. Listen, Scott found a trailer from the first movie that shows the door is red. Bullshit. Swear to God, it might have been mixed from another movie, but all the other clips they played was from part one. But the clip that they showed of the front of the building seemed way too clean to be from part one. It seemed more like it was from part four. But it was huh. a super red on a white house. It was. And it's that iconic shot from the that I remember from the trailer. For it the was one. in a documentary called uh, Scream Queen about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. We'll two. talk about that in the next half. Yes, and we will talk about that in the next half. All right, guys. Take a break. Matt. Matt, it's time for a break. Taking a break, Matt. Nope. Oh, do I hit the button? Yeah, no. Is it this button? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did I hit it? Did I do it? So, uh, that was a really interesting break. You're a damn liar. Mm-hmm. Why would I a liar? <laughs> I don't know. And they were bread and butter pickles. Yeah, the, you, uh... <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm Brandy. They weren't. <laughs> Again. I just um, keep cloning somehow. I'm Brandy too. Fuck it. <laughs> Three Brandies now. Three. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. I was Brandy once. To the second half of the podcast. Scott's Randy. We I, <laughs> so I, am, Randy. I am the original and only Brandy. Uh, uh, in this part of the podcast, we will be continuing our series on uh, <laughs> iconic uh, horror icons. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't mean to. I don't iconic mean to. icons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> only the most iconic of icons. Uh, and we'll be talking today more about... Uh, Fred Krueger. Yes, my favorite. 
And uh, what is the nightmare on Elm Street? Not the one you said. Not the one you said, Cooper. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: Freddy's Revenge. That is right. Now, right off the jump, this movie was never supposed to happen. That's right. Uh, they West, didn't want it to happen. Wes Craven, Craven specifically did not want it to so happen. So many directors turned this, this project one. down. It's not even funny. <laughs> even a couple of writers got denied their scripts. What's funny is that Wes Craven, uh, in retaliation, said, not only am I not going to do that, I'm going to make the scripts. The hills have eyes, too. <laughs> Which, the hills that have, have eyes. eyes. Rated, rated era. <laughs> uh, them hills got eyes. Them hills got them eyes too. Last week I was wrong and Matt was right, and it kills me to say that the poster was hills have eyes because hills have eyes had the torn jaws, jaws poster, poster correct. and I was just missing a step and I couldn't I couldn't make it work in my head, but that's what it was. The hills have eyes too because in the first one they had mouths. <laughs> Why did you just look at I'm, me like I was going to argue that? <laughs> I am going to argue. They had mouths, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I all right, all fucking I want to know is they have mouths okay. and shut yours. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, this film did happen though. This it is such a fucking so movie. We're gonna we're gonna out. start it off with Brandy giving the statistics here. So here comes Brandy with the statistics. So it was released exactly one year uh, after the first one on November first, nineteen eighty-five. The director was Jack Shoulder. It was written by David Chaskin, but was still produced by Robert Shea of New Line Cinemas. Mm -hmm. The budget was three million dollars. And the box office was $30 million uh, in comparison to the $57 million that the first one made. $1.5 million of that went to the masks that they put on the dogs. <laughs> yes, it did. And uh, $3.2 million was made opening night. So, um, and that was literally off the Freddy hype, not off the push for the movie, because if you even watch the trailers... The original first release trailers, they are fucking night and day. So if you watch that trailer, you already knew you were going into something completely fucking different with brighter colors and just like it was so much more vibrant well, of a trailer than the first one it was it, all but dark. It had to be. And that's that well, when the, the secret to success in, in horror films is that you can't make the same movie for the second movie. Yes. And, and that's that's going to be a well, thing. Oh, they sure well, did. Also... What's that? I said they sure did not make they the sure first movie. Well, there was also so many different contributing factors to that because while they were making the first one, there was no plan for a sequel. Yes. Wes Craven said from the beginning he did not want to do a sequel. He did not want it to be a franchise. And he really didn't want his characters that he wrote to be used. Unfortunately, he didn't have an option because he sold all the rights to his characters to New Line just to make the sequel. It was five months uh, after the release of the first film that they began filming the second film. Yeah. Which was greenlit the opening weekend yeah. of the first one being released. Well, that's how they fucking a... roll. <laughs> hey, I have a question real quick before we move too far past the budget. How much of the budget was given to them by Body Glove? <laughs> that because is a very good that question. Is, 
the laziest, by far the laziest product placement I, I have seen. I agree. Everybody is wearing it, and they even bring it up at one point and say, hey, cool shirt. But Hey, plus, plus, fucking spoiler alert, like in the very beginning of the movie, in the bus, the body glove sticker is by the stick ship. Yep. The whole fucking movie is about him being Freddy's body glove. They even what? made a joke about the product placement in that movie in the newest season of Stranger Things when somebody <laughs> else is doing a similar plug for, what was it, Sun Pacific or whatever the... Uh, yeah, was that? It's something Pacific. Remember, but yeah. But they kind of do that same joke mm-hmm. because Stranger Things 4 is all about Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, it's also, it is set uh, the following summer after, because Stranger Things season four is set in 1986, which would have been right after this was released released in uh, November of, ni- of 85, so. Little fun fact. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Matt, you want to run down the plot really quick and then we'll get into the nuances? Yes, so the plot is, and the writer kind of, first off, the director didn't really like the first film. No. The writer so wanted there. to go in a different direction. Let me preference that originally the plot was going to be like Rosemary's Baby, yep, where Freddie is possessing a newborn child, but one of the producers from New Line Cinema was pregnant at the time. Like and she did not like that idea. So they scrapped it and eventually <laughs> used it for part. Scrapped it for now. For now, because yeah. it was used later on in the series. Um, but the plot follows uh, Jesse, a uh, teenager who has moved to a new town. He has moved into Nancy's old house yes. where the original nightmare had happened. The Blue Door house? And it happened like you five, motherfucker. Moved in five years after. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was exactly five years after. Um, they painted yeah. the door. Yes, they, sure, whatever. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Anyways, <laughs> kept the color of the house the exact same. Really renovated the house by painting the door. Well, I think I think they had to do that because someone got pulled through the blue one. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that not a metaphor? You know, we use jumping the shark for Fonzie. Why don't we call it being pulled through the blue door when you just tag an end onto the end of your movie as a, hey, I'm going to make this a franchise. Like, oh. They really pulled that one through the blue door, didn't they? Well, I was going to try to make that a thing, but now if I say to people, are you going through the blue door or the red door, it's got problematic connotations. Yeah, that's true. Fair, fair statement. Okay, so back to the plot. So we follow Jesse. He's just moved on to Elm Street, Nancy's old house, and uh, he is wrestling with these new feelings, becoming an adult, uh, meeting girls, trying to socialize in a place where he knows nobody. Uh, eventually, he starts to become aware of the fact that Freddie seems to be trying to use him as a vessel, which is what the director said. He wanted to have Freddie actually having an avatar in the real world so he could be Freddie. I don't no, mean just- to jump ahead. But can we talk about this first nightmare, like with the film opening, like the very first scene, first nightmare? Yes, of course. It starts off with the bus where they are driving off into the desert. The ground breaks away. and So before, hold hold on, tap the brakes there, tap the brakes there. 
That's what they were saying. Yeah, I know, and he wouldn't do it because he's Freddie and he's an asshole. He's like, but, I but, ain't no brakes, bitch. <laughs> no. Jesse in this, he looks unlike he does. He does not look like this in the rest of the movie. He looks no, he like. Not. Uh, com- like just a complete dork. Like his it hair, his like clothes, like an like... emo dork. It almost looks like he's got dark eyeshadow on. And it never explains this, like why he's just in this one scene, in this one nightmare. He's just a complete dork. And I have to agree. In that one scene, it's like, well, who, what the fuck? I don't necessarily know why that is the case, but I do know that this was part of a compromise made from the first film. Uh, Yes, and, you know, like I said, Wes Craven did not even want his characters to be used. Robert Shea, the producer with New Line, wanted the end of the first movie to end with Freddy driving the car. Yes. And Wes Craven disagreed with that and did not want that to happen. So they compromised that the car would turn into Freddy and that the second one would start with Freddy driving the car. And Wes Craven still would not back down because he did not want his characters to be used for a second film because their story should have been wrapped up with the first one. So therefore... The they re, they created the bus scene with new characters in the second one in order to replace that because it was still something Robert Shea had wanted in the first one. That is yeah. interesting. That that scene though uh, that they did create did go on to give them super high accolades for the uh, for some of the effects that were in this. Film. Yes, agree, agree. So. You had that, the bus scene with the emo nerd. Uh, then I think, like, technically it's sort of a genesis because you can watch that character become a a sports guy really fast. But he he's goes- immediately, like, as, like, he wakes up and obviously before he, you know, after he screams, before he comes downstairs, he has his hair done by the professional that lives in his bedroom with him. He comes downstairs for breakfast and his hair is awesome, 80s hair. Yes, yes. And he's just like, you know, whatever, bro. Had a bad dream, no big deal. And high fives three or four people and, you know, it's totally cool Jesse. He tries to acclimate himself into this society and slowly but surely, Freddie becomes more prevalent, eventually sort of taking over his body and running rampant at a party, killing some other people, and subsequently finding his end in a uh, large mechanical factory of some sort uh, where he burns to death, which doesn't make any fucking sense. But I get it. Like so many other parts of this. Yes. Like, is this, so is this in a... Listen, that's, that's just basically the, the plot the of this gist, movie, yeah. that, not the minutia of it. We're going to get into the minutia <laughs> of it a lot. But the gist of it is... Moves in a new town. Suddenly, Freddy's like, I like that dude. I'm, I'm going to use him. And uh, he does. And eventually, he finds his way back with... And he liked him. He's like, I want your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really want your body. <laughs> they, uh, is that and he takes it. <laughs> um, uh, so this brings up something that I wanted to bring up. That, one, uh, this film takes Freddy and says, hey... What if the lore that we built in the first one 
uh, and the things that are true in the first one aren't true in this one. Uh, yeah. Well, and, yes. The whole entire yeah. rules of Kruger. Yeah. Piss on them. Rip light them, them on fire. Yeah. Rip them to shreds. Eat them. But, and poop them out. But now, I'm almost okay with that. And here's why. Because in Friday the 13th Part 2, we have a whole new killer. Right? So the things changed in that one. And, and, and you see that. That's what I said. The second horror of a good horror series has to change either the genre or some rules or something. But what's weird about this one is that there is multiple villains in this movie and people don't talk about it. It's true. But wait, before you go into that, you made a statement that said successful horror franchises have to change at the second movie. I want a show of hands. Whose favorite Friday the 13th is part two? Not, it, no one. Whose favorite Freddy Krueger? Ah, it's two? everyone's. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, a lot of hands here. Right. Who, who's, who's second Freddy Krueger movie, their favorite Freddy? Second Hellraiser, their favorite Hellraiser. Yeah. Second, Pumpkinhead, their favorite. They're all shit. So hold on, hold on. That shouldn't be the fucking rule because all the second movies are shit. But But there are a ton of people that like Evil Dead too, though. Yeah. And Evil Dead. You like and you like Hellraiser too. I don't even know why you're fronting right now. Yeah, my bad. Hellraiser two is fucking bad as fuck. It's probably it is fucking awesome. But in so in this film, the uh, one of the other villains that's in this film, uh, there is a possessed and explosive parakeet that has oh nothing to do with Freddy. That was probably okay. the, I, death, the parakeet. I got something movie. to talk about the parakeet too, but I have, I have so so much to talk about. I have so many notes. I don't even know where to begin. Like it is all right. The haunted house thing. And you've touched on this, that they're, the rules are out the window. Like, they decided to make Freddy, like, a possession haunted house story. Yes. And if this was an ability that Freddy always had, like, why would he do it? This is so much shittier than him being able to invade anybody, everybody's dreams. Well, not to mention that the one place that Freddy never wanted to go is into the real world. It's where he was, like, beaten by the Home Alone girl. Well, so it's a pool party. <laughs> well, honestly, if they had made this film as this same exact film as something different and called it something different and it wasn't about Freddy Krueger, probably would have been received a lot better. If they skipped honestly. part two and went to part three and made this like a completely different killer altogether. This movie would stand alone, a good, like shocker type movie. It would have been fine. It would have been fine. I mean, well, you know what? Like what you said about Hellraiser and what you said about Evil Dead. Successful second parts go back and tell the first story. Right yeah. alongside the second story, true. and they're true. successful. Yeah. That is true. I, I didn't understand why he asked Jesse to kill for him. Isn't that what he does? Like, yeah. What, what does yeah. Why do you need him to kill that? for you? Yeah. That, 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 that. And, and did you notice was- how, as soon as he asked him, like after the dream where he says, "Kill for me," that's when he's able to affect the outside world. After that, because yeah. that's when all the shit starts happening. That's yeah. when the damn world turns into fucking. By the way, here's a topical joke. Current day Alabama, where everything is fucking hot and melting. Yes. Oh, my God. But your thermostat doesn't work. 
and everybody cries about it being hot yes. all the and fucking time. The yes. That's just not going to fix shit. Just go up there and clean your room so the sun goes up there and starts humping his toys. And so like, what the, the fuck is going the on? The first scene that we were talking about <laughs> when he first wakes up from the nightmare and he comes downstairs. Okay, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. This movie is such undertones of homosexuality. It was... Later on, recently, the writer has admitted it was yes. meant to be undertones. David Chaskin has but recently you admitted follow that this movie, it is it is a great movie. If it was not a Freddy Krueger movie about a, a monster, sort of like the way that Babadook or It Follows is an allegory for other things, this and would have been a great allegory and... film that would have come out in the early two thousands. So, so just a quick point on that. When David Chastain wrote that, he didn't write it to be a champion of the homosexual community. He wrote it as uh, a little bit of homophobia Mm -hmm. because uh, at that time is when, uh, right before the AIDS epidemic was when it was being written and then the AIDS pandemic happened right after. such bad stigma all around it. Yeah, so uh, people were coming out and people were... Uh, didn't know how to take that, so society mm-hmm. was kind of scared of that because society yeah, and there was were, different. And there people were guys terrified of being infected. There by were it. guys during that time that were like having to go to conversion therapy, yeah. and it was really scary to some kids because some kids thought, "Holy shit, I could just suddenly catch homosexuality. Right. I could suddenly." just become attracted to a man and it's something that can be fixed. And this movie well, is riddled with mm-hmm. those ideas. The dad saying, you don't need to, you know, do this and that. You just need to go out with a nice girl or get kicked the, in the butt. The ending, and- the fucking ending of the film is the girl rescuing him. But from- I don't think, I don't think that that's the same. Okay. When I first thought about that, I thought, Wow, this is so pro gender bender. gender bender type movie, and it's it's fucked that at the end it's a girl that saves him from it. But I don't think that the point was that heterosexuality saved him. I think it was when the girl reached out to him and said, "I love you." It was not a romantic love. It was, was accepting the things that he was. It was more yes. of like a suppression. Yes. He was hey, like, look, I will support whatever, even if you're Freddy Krueger, I will support you. Not necessarily, I want to make love to you. Right. Which so, is why it would make a great allegory, like you were mentioning before. So and that would have that would have been solid. That would have been 100% solid if they hadn't, you know, had the scene where they nearly had sex. Yeah. Yes, but if you notice in that scene, instead of Fred, that's like one of the first scenes when Freddy starts breaking through his body, that Freddy himself is trying to take act part in that sexual act as if he had another guy there so he felt more comfortable being with a girl. Uh, Robert England had talked about a scene where uh, he's stroking uh, Mark's face or Jesse's face, and uh, he's like, it is very intimate. They're like nose to nose, and and there are there, you can see that. And he said, I, I he said I didn't take that scene that way. He said, Jesse's beautiful, and I'm hideously discarded, and I'm I'm like the Beauty and the Beast, and that's what I'm like looking at. And I always thought that was neat, but the uh, the writer writing homosexuality as a as a villain in this thing, 
uh, well, I don't know if y'all thought about this. This was 85, mm-hmm. 84, Sleepaway Camp. Yes, which was and, another gender bend. And that is uh, a transgender, uh, you know, being raised as the different gender. Yeah, and, it's and a, that uh, being a thing to be uh, scared of. Right. Hermaphrodite. Yeah. about a hermaphrodite. No, it, it's not, though. That was just a boy. He was just a boy. Oh, and, oh okay. And that is correct. Right. Right. But then in the second one, it's a girl now. Yes, yeah, which so. is weird. The, the whole second one is weird, but it's a great movie. Well, all the kills are great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, okay, so one of the things that stood out to us when we watched it last weekend was right in the first scene, in the kitchen, above the refrigerator against the wall, there is a fucking mold pan that is literally a giant penis. Yes, and you can see it in so many of the scenes in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, there were more, like, it wasn't even just the script writing and the dialogue and all of that that they added in with these homosexual undertones, uh, because you had a board game named Probe. Probe. Yeah. You uh, had the sign on the, the door sign on no Jesse's girls door, allowed. No Girls no allowed. allowed. You have the um, famous line where he shows up to his friend's house, and he says... Someone is trying to get into my body, and his friend says, "And you want to sleep with me?" Yep. And that's yeah. Not to mention he had had left the scene, like uh, where he was about to have sex, um, uh, Lisa, and went straight to Grady's house. And and yeah, that scene showed Freddie coming out of him to be in the act, almost as if Freddie was his repressed homosexuality going I'm this is gross right like when he licked the girl on the chest it was Freddie's tongue and he was like oh this is gross take Freddie out of that and it's just him licking a girl's chest and going oh this is gross I gotta get out of and we've all been there which okay so we've discussed the fact that the writer has recently admitted that he did write in the homosexual undertones he meant for it to be more understated than it was received as uh the director jack shoulder still claims complete ignorance like he had well because jack no acknowledgement that it was separate well at that point point in time he also was not a director before he was a this. trailer maker. He was an editor for the New Line's trailers. Yeah. He, this was you. They had the character of Coach. What do you mean, subtle undertones? <laughs> like, yeah, he literally, literally was at a gay bar, at a leather boy gay bar, and the director's like, "Well, I, I sculpted it out when no one was there." Yeah, and and uh, we put these uh, kind of weird looking women in there. It was supposed to be a tranny bar. I'm like. <laughs> What that how does that, that make thing? it better? How did, what? Not better, but yeah, not yeah. necessarily an as undertone. far as what he was saying. Yeah, like yeah. You're, you're still going. Well, like I uh, said, he claims ignorance. I don't know how. Here's I'm, my but, question: Was Coach Snyder going to rape Jesse when he carried yes. him to the gym? Without a shadow of a doubt, they talk about it when they're doing the push-ups. He literally <laughs> says that. Oh, he goes to a a, a gay bar. All the time on the weekends, he loves watching us work out, and he gets his rocks off watching it. He says that shit. So when he was getting the jump ropes out that wound up being used on him, that was that whole scenario was actually a a turning the power back on the would-be aggressor. Wholeheartedly, I think so, because 
He gets tied up with the jump rope. Is he getting? Why was he even getting them in the first place? There were not multiple people there. Oh, why was he, he didn't get a school? jump rope? Why did he send him back to school late at night like that after there? Then he's so attacked. The he's attacked by his <laughs> own balls as if that was his original intention. I hate when I get attacked by my own balls. <laughs> Do you no sell it like he did? Just like yeah, chew gum it. and it like oh. no big deal. I get balls thrown at me all the time. So no, what? Don't calm down, so, guys. I got an ointment for that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't find anything about this, but I kind of wonder if the whole S&M bar was an add-in later. But here is a fun fact I found of this. Did y'all know that Robert Shea, the producer, has made multiple cameos in most of the Freddy films? Mm -hmm. And in this one, he wanted to play Mr. Grady. And the director, Jack Shoulder, specifically said, no, I need a real actor. And even admits, well, he even admits that he almost lost his job over that, which is why he let him be the bartender in the S&M bar. Well, yeah, so he's the bartender in the S&M. But speaking of weird recast, Robert England wasn't in this movie. No. This film was shot with another actor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the stunt double was so wooden, uh, and I'm thinking like Boba Fett would, uh, like you know, there's still scenes with that stunt actor. There's in a couple. There, yeah. there, there, I think the shower scene yes. was one of them. But they said he was so bad, and and they enacted it. They said he moved more like uh, Frankenstein's monster right, than he right. did Freddy Krueger. So that that would have been. Uh, if, if those two people had been playing those two parts, they could have just made this a different movie. But it was all because after the success of the first one, Robert England's agent wanted more money for him, and yes, they didn't want to pay it. Yeah. They were trying to save money. And then they realized one. that Robert England was, was Freddy. Nightmare. Well, and is New Line Cinema. Well, so to that point, the, uh, the makeup for Robert England in this one is the first time he gets some of his iconic looks. His pointy nose, his, pointy nose, his, his teeth, red eyes, and his, his teeth. Red, yeah. And <laughs> by the way, the shots of Freddy where you can just see him like with flame flickering, you know, kind of in the dark in the background, some of the creepiest shit. Like yeah, they got some of the best shots of him. Like yeah. after he emerges from Jesse and Grady's room, like Dude, that I, shot of him smiling is terrifying. I agree. I think another terrifying shot is in the pool party when the guy comes up to like, oh, hold up, calm down, bro. Just calm down. And the way Kruger is looking at that guy is like the way a psycho killer would look at a Karen. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Because he's walking up to him like, we're not going to hurt you. But the Ugh. face that he has in that is so iconic of a Freddy Krueger face where he's like, all right, are you kidding me? That's Beetlejuice. But he's still, it's just so intimidating the way they had his eyes sunken in, the way the shadow played on that face. It was so good. Well, let's go back to talking about the parakeet. Okay, I think back few, to the parakeet. Uh, the parakeet. I know you had something to say about the parakeet part. I believe you said this was the most terrifying part you had seen. Yes, Graham. the poor little bird exploding like that. And I know you said you had something to say about the parakeet. Too. The parakeet is actually uh, an allegory of the parakeet in a mine. That when you That's take a, a canary, a canary into a mine, that it, whatever, shut up. <laughs> whatever you take. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about that. It's just funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> when you take red robin, when you the... <laughs> when you take a canary into a mine because of the methane, it'll die first. It'll give it enough time to get out of there because the oxygen is too thin to uh, or too mm -hmm. thick to breathe. In uh, this one, I guess the oxygen was too fiery to not catch on fire. Well, apparently, they uh, the parakeet scene was originally supposed to be an homage to the birds. And it did yeah, not work. Yeah, they fucked that up. Um, this was one also, of the reasons why Wes Craven wouldn't touch this film. Yes, because that scene, scene, and they didn't want to take that scene out. That classic, perfect uh, Freddy scene. Well, they're okay. So they're yeah. part of that Shit. too. The SFX department actually built a demonic parakeet puppet, but the producers they never used it because the producers said it didn't look enough bird-like. Yeah, it didn't look which, enough like a bird. Which, which feels a lot like bird. bird Box, right? Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, like the dad totally called it. Like if you look at the explosion of the parakeet, yeah, that is totally a cherry bomb. Like that yeah. thing just fucking erupts into flame. And by the way, all the feathers that fall after it blows up, not charred at all. Like they are just perfectly <laughs> green feathers. <laughs> not to mention their most important scene almost took out the lead actor, Clue Geller, the father, because the parakeet immediately darted toward him and scarred his eye. Mm -hmm. And they say that Clue Geller to this day still has a scar under his eye. From that, from that parakeet. Which was the only thing the parakeet could actually do. Yes. Right. Uh, guys, we're going to take a quick 60-second uh, break. We'll be right back with the uh, conclusion to our, our thing here. The parakeet had one line. We'll one be right back line. with the part two of the thing here. Ain't no goddamn conclusion. It's probably going to be 30 part more two minutes. Part two. We'll be right back. Frank, hold on. Um, I've got some terrible news. So while we were on break, uh, actually my uh, parakeet Benedict Cumberbeak actually uh, murdered its brother Bird Loki and escaped containment and clawed out both of my eyes before exploding into flame. Now you're I know this is a, you're taking it very well. Um, well, I, I mean I can't see, so I mean I can't really. I don't. I don't even know really what the horror looks like, and this. <laughs> It's not really going to affect that. But uh, that being said, I think that Freddy is trying to get inside me. <laughs> well, I'll remind you, this is an audio-only podcast, and your eyes aren't needed. Just that exactly. sweet-ass voice. It doesn't matter that I can never see again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah we'll be all right. Yeah. That means you can't ever watch Rotten Reviews videos anymore. Yeah, that's true. And you are the envy of all of our listeners. <laughs> I'm just going to be like Lloyd Kaufman and Terror Firmer. <laughs> Does it look good? Fuck it. Move on. <laughs> that, see, did you like my bird Loki joke? I liked my bird yes, Loki joke. Yes, that was good. Yes. Was good. I, like, good. I, I actually liked uh, Benedict yes. Cumberbeak. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty solid. Love that name. <laughs> love that, love that name. Next. <laughs> <laughs> now my legal name, so that it's good that you like it. I would have gone with Gnome Chirpsky. Son of a bitch. It's so good. Genius. Frankly, what you didn't see is Brandy write down Gnome Chirpsky and show it to Matt to read. <laughs> I can't read, so I made it up. <laughs> well, Brandy can't read. He doesn't have eyes. True story. <laughs> I'm blind, Brandy. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, we we were just talking about the bird uh, scene. Uh, yeah, the parakeet. And uh, what's interesting is, I don't know, was there a Freddy film that had more animal-related no, things? negative. No. This yeah. was the most animal-ridden Kruger movie, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are dogs, cats, rats. A snake. A snake. Kind, kind of dogs. Like, kind of animals. Dogs. like weird baby face dogs or something. They were puppies. That's what those are called. I honestly oh, think that puppies. the fucking masks on the dogs are fucking terrifying, and I wish they would have shown it more and not been like, oh, that didn't come out right. Let's not show it that much. I even have toys of the dogs. Yes, with you them. And it's the coach's face, and it's, um, I can't, the other characters. It looks like Giovanni Ribisi. No. This is the I just... face. I think this was the. The first person that died in that. I can't remember who it was. So, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I was, wasn't there... They are disturbing looking. A, another film that had dogs' faces. It wasn't like Resident Evil. It was something... Mm-hmm. Now, Resident- invasion of the Body Snatchers. Was it The Thing? The he the said thing Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Was it invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. They uh, fused the homeless guy and his dog together when they copied them. So, oh. you had the... Yeah, you had the dog with the homeless guy's face. By the way, Scott, before we move on, the 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 baby dogs are called puppies line. Bravo. Bravo. Actually, you didn't see this, but Brandy wrote that on a sheet of paper. I really hate how y'all keep giving me credit for your lame jokes. Dome <laughs> Chirpsky. Well, I'm Brandy, and I like it, so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was, uh, uh, the, this film uh, wasn't critically received. Um... Oh, let's talk about one other scene, the okay. pool scene, which is another scene that Craven denied doing the movie because of. Right. Because Freddy Krueger is so tiny. <laughs> Robert England is a short dude. And all the teenagers at the party look like four times his size. Like they could whoop his ass in a second. Well, you know, even Robert England And they fight says, him like ninjas mm-hmm. in an old school karate movie where it's like all one at a time, guys. One at a time. Well, well hold on. Like, in this movie, like uh, it establishes that Freddy's powers have now become uh, controlling locks, controlling yeah. jump ropes, and controlling temperature. Those are yep. his only powers now. Yeah. And but, he has a Kitty Pride power. Which is uh, interesting because he's not a... Not it's a weird, H-Man. though, because in the first part, he has to jump through the glass door to get to the pool party. But then to leave the pool party, he just clean walks through the, the wall. Yeah, and he yeah. can also burst open beer. He can pop beers. Pretty fucking cool. He can pop, pop, pop beer. Dog. Yeah. And people will applaud the guy that actually contains the hot dog popping. Yes, yes, they apply. Oh, way to put the hot dogs out, bro. Woo! By the way, Freddie jumping through the glass door and disappearing, iconic. I love it. I love the way that looks. There's, you know, what's crazy, this film, uh, it wasn't the first film, and people were expecting the first film when they went to see the second one, uh, and so it didn't get the, the, the critical acclaim of the first one, but 
going back and watching that, there's so much to appreciate yes. about this film. Exactly. There really is. It's a terrible yeah. film. One of the practical yeah. effects were, were great. Oh, yes. One of the um, things they never touched in any other Freddy Krueger film was Freddy actually coming out of one of the characters. Yeah. They show Freddy change from a lot of characters, you know, in part three with the nurse scene, that they literally said, we are not doing Freddy slowly becoming this girl. There's just a, a point where it's now Freddy. And in all the other Kruger movies, when he's playing somebody's role, there's never a change from him turning into Freddy Krueger slowly. It's just one minute, one person, next minute, it's Freddy. This is the only movie where they short up, show Freddy coming through. And the scene when the claws come out of his hand is probably one of my favorite parts. But it's also another thing that pisses me the fuck off about this movie. Because in this movie, Freddy did not have his glove, but for like three scenes. And all the rest, it just looks like a burnt hand with nails coming out of it. Where's that? I, I like, I like I the uh, gloveless Freddy, though. Urza agrees with me. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and he didn't have his glove in a lot of this, or it didn't get shown in a lot of this, uh, because they wanted the emphasis on body glove. Yes. Uh, which was body right, glove. body glove. Not glove glove. Not glove glove. <laughs> not hand glove, not knife glove. But, like, literally... Like after he's birthed out of Jesse, the glove is completely gone for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and Jesse's fine. Yeah, which is which <laughs> in not talking, a thing that would happen. And talking about him actually bursting out of Jesse's body, did you know that in the scene where he rips himself through Jesse's body for one scene, he's at, Freddy Krueger is actually played by a woman. Yes, the eyeball in the mouth. Well, okay, so they had built a dummy and they even had a cast of Mark Patton's head there. Um, but the only person small enough to actually fit into that was actually the girlfriend of the SFX designer, Kevin Yeager. So that is so for three that people. One scene, three people who were playing played Freddy, Freddy in this, in this one. one movie. <laughs> uh, the only per other person I know who played Freddy in the, the actual series, not the remake, was uh, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder uh, only played it, uh, and I don't even know if it was was it a Nightmare movie or was it a Friday the Thirteenth movie where the glove comes up and gets Jason's mask. That was a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah. That was in Jason <laughs> Goes to Hell. Yeah. So that is actually Kane playing Freddy for that so but that doesn't that doesn't count either because that's not yeah a nightmare, not, not, not a nightmare yeah so I had a couple more fun facts that aren't necessarily relevant to the plot or the story like we've mentioned <laughs> more facts, or fun <laughs> um, but did y'all know that Brad Pitt and Christian Slater actually auditioned for the role of Jesse yep. and lost out to Mark Patton I know that they were talking about how when they did the casting later on in their careers they were like holy shit we turned up a lot of uh, away a lot of really famous people yeah well, but they found uh, the Michael of Merle Streep so I thought that was <laughs> it's not well, well actually they <laughs> did they did actually <laughs> say that Kim Myers <laughs> they did actually say that Kim Myers was cast because she looked like Meryl Streep yeah. uh, um, that's absolutely true but uh, as far as big name celebrities attached to this um, 
the the best friend that he goes over to his house, Grady, uh, for his audition. Grady, uh, Robert Downey Jones, uh, Robert Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they were working on. Uh, Oh, what Not was it? Pink, but, they uh, had just filmed scenes weird science. for Weird Science. Yeah. That's what it was. They had just filmed their scenes for Weird Science, and Robert Downey Jr. gave him a ride to his audition yeah. for this movie. Uh, hey, by the way, since you brought up Grady, Michael did Jason. Grady really push his grandmother down the stairs? You remember the scene in the cafeteria where they, where the girl asks him if he's going to come out that night, and he's like, no, I'm grounded. And they're like, what'd you do? And he's like, I pushed my grandmother down the stairs. Yeah. And nobody laughs. It's not a punchline. Like everybody's like everybody else in that scene is just like the audience at that point. You start to think about laughing and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I just pictured that as the, the, the lady in Gremlins too. He pushed her down and she had the little wheelchair on the side of the stairs. Well, you're talking about a guy here that goes and plays baseball wearing a sweater and track shorts. He's yeah. obviously unhinged. So yeah, obviously, he <laughs> was such a nice guy as a neighbor. <laughs> well, okay, so I mentioned that Brad Pitt had auditioned for the role of Jesse. Can any of you tell me where in the nightmare world Brad Pitt does actually appear? Do you? Uh, know my that? dreams every night. Yeah. <laughs> He was actually in an episode of the TV show. For yes, Nightmares. that's right. Yeah. The black box or the black something, uh, black sticks. I think I have that written down on the TV show part, not yeah. here. So The school used in the film was also the same school used in Karate Kid. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Sure, yes. I didn't know that. I mean, I brought that up because, you know, black Matt tickets. brought up ninjas. So Yeah, true. That must have been where they got the ninja attack yeah, scene that's from. What I was thinking. Black tickets is the name black of that episode. Is he's in. Was, yeah. yeah. Sure was. Interesting. But that was four years after this film was released. So. I'd like to say also that there is a very damn good chance, and God heaven help our souls, that it couldn't possibly be as bad as the remake or part two. But it's probably going to be. Bloomhouse has now teased that they're doing the remake of Nightmare, and it has been shopped around, and they did go quiet about it a couple of years ago after trying to find a director once Craven got the rights back. I have this really bad feeling that Blumhouse is about to make a remake of Nightmare. If they do, I have one request, and it's that Freddy Krueger be played by Haley Joel Osment, because <laughs> I keep saying his name instead of Jack Yarrow Haley. Now, I'll say this. It would be interesting if they did the Nightmare remake because Shay, what, what's the older lady's name that plays the English teacher in part one? She's the psychic from all those Blumhouse movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So they'd be, it'd be not hard pressed to get her in it unless she's died and I've missed that memo. Yeah. Which is possible. Which is a, which is a memo I wouldn't have gotten. Yeah, right. That's it. Wait. Would it be that interesting, though? No, no, it wouldn't. It would be Blumhouse, and they would fuck it up however they fuck it up. Unless they make it Freddy Krueger versus Malignant versus the fucking, uh, what's the other one? Yeah. The uh, upgrade. Upload. Yeah. Freddy versus Upgrade versus Malignant. Make it happen, Blumhouse, now. Yes. <laughs> Who was that great director that uh, was did all the nineties trash? 
Uwe Bowl or Uwe Bowl. Yeah, 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 that's that's who I will. The video game about. guy. <laughs> oh, let's make a movie called Night Rain about a vampire girl completely abandon the video game altogether and blacklist Billy Zane after he talked shit about it because of how bad it is. Dude. Fuck, hey, you know Matt. what? We're about to get blacklisted. You better, hey, mm-hmm. Uwe Bowl, you're cool, man. Uh, hey, Matt. Fucking awesome. Hey, just hey Matt. Quick yeah, what's up? Hey, Matt. Yeah. The door the door is red in part two. Oh, I know the fucking door is red in part every. <laughs> it's blue in part one, buddy. And Fuck hey, do you, you remember the time we went to see House of the Dead in the theater? Yeah, God. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't, don't remember much about the movie, but I remember the disappointment that came after it. You, you know what that means? Means Uwe Bowl has some of our money in his pockets. That's true. God damn it. We rented Blood Rain too, man. Yeah. Why do we keep fucking up? Why can't why is it so hard to be a good person? <laughs> so this film um was you know, based on how much it cost to make the movie. And how much they got back. This was uh, enough a success that a few years later they made a third one. Yes, and they can got... I say one thing before we move on? Yes, of course. How is Jesse not in prison at the end of this movie? Right. Right. Listen, here's my idea about, about what the actual movies. movie is. Again, just like in the first movie, it felt like the beginning or the end of it was like the beginning. And it was almost like where it started, as if the whole thing was a dream and she knew what was going to happen. And then the nightmare starts at the end of the movie. In this movie, he starts the movie off on the bus and all that shit happens. And at the end of the movie, he's back on the bus as if that's where it started. So So you think emo nerd Jesse is real Jesse, real life Jesse? Yes. And that he can hit dream he imagined himself a a social butterfly that completely uh, plausible is there ever any more mention of the diary in any other movie no well that was all okay so heather Heather langenkamp who played nancy was never asked to be part of this movie Uh because the general idea to begin with was that the house that she lived in was more important than her as a character but as they went through they kept referencing nancy and talking about Uh nancy and and then he found her diary too and that's where that was which is a weird thing to have left behind yeah Yeah. just just fyi and by the way, not even really that well hidden. No. After you survive what goes down in that house, do you really want any reminders of it? Do you sell it? Yeah, but it's yeah, really you just you just paint the door a different color and you move on. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Fuck you. you. Fuck you. <laughs> uh it's it, it's very interesting how and I know we'll get into this when we talk about part three, but how part one goes to part three. Like, what the fuck happens in the middle of that? Because the cop guy knows good... I'm going to fucking beat you with that goddamn bottle opener. Uh, Because the movie goes immediately from the end of part one where the mother's dead. And in part three, now she just shows up and her dad's a retired cop who drinks a lot. Like, what the fuck? 
How did you know I have a bottle opener? Exactly. <laughs> How the fuck does she get to go to school and all this other shit when she kind of, like, I don't know. It just doesn't make any well, sense. Well, okay, so I'll you mentioned that. the how is he not in jail at the end of this movie. I kind of feel that way about most horror movies. Most horror movies, especially if you're dealing with something paranormal or supernatural that most of the world around you did not see, the main character should be in prison at the end of it and nobody believes you. Or yeah. a mental institution. But it's a, oh, oh, I know. It's a suicide pack. Yeah. yeah. There's the other day, officer. Yeah. A pack of suicide? Oh my lord. It's, it's a whole pack of it. It's goddamn. I it's just made a suicide pack to myself after hearing that fucking joke. <laughs> He's making a reference to uh fucking yes. um, Tucker and yes. Dale versus Evil. Yes. Oh, and <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, uh post credit scene for Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Uh Falcon is revealed to be the new Captain America. So, got that to yep. look forward to. Yep. Cut. And Phase 7 started then. You're supposed to say spoilers, man. <laughs> <laughs> again, and I, I again, when it comes to the end of this movie, Freddy was beaten the, the sh like, I don't know. Why even come to the real world if somebody saying they care about you is just going to kill you? Like, yeah. it seems like... Yeah. Fucking shit. Well, okay, so Robert England himself said that he liked the beginning of this movie and he liked the end of this movie, but overall, out of the entire franchise, this was the movie he felt the least comfortable working on. So, to be fair, though, at the beginning of this movie, he got paid, and at the end of this movie, he didn't have to make this movie anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, this is one of the only uh, nightmares where uh, Robert England is fully out of any. Yeah. Costume or character he was at all. He was a bus driver. driver. Yeah. And or, uh, as Robert England, scene, not as, as Robert. The, uh... Not as Freddy, not as like a girl nurse, because mm -hmm. he does that in part five. He impersonates other people, kind of like the way Ernest does in some of the movies. He does that old uh, yes. on the counter and shit. What? Yes, yes. That uh, wonderful legendary thespian. Yes, yes. Hey, you don't Jim you Bar don't talk no shit about Jim Barney. Jim, Jim Barney's a Barney. fucking genius. So have we addressed yet the voice of a nightingale? Freddie was getting revenge on Freddie's revenge. A voice of a parakeet. You revenge on anyone. Yeah. No one gets revenge on movie. anyone unless the first count, movie is Freddie's revenge. Unless you yes. count the coach, which might have had something to do with killing him, but they never say anything about that. The coach would have been the one thing he was getting revenge on. Yeah. Yeah, and that was like pre revenge like that yes, hadn't even yeah. happened yet it, he was obviously intending on raping him don't get me wrong but it hadn't well, happened yet well, it was what also... i'm insinuating is that maybe the coach had something to do with him being burnt in the town in the first place well i also think like as far as new line was concerned that <laughs> was why they didn't feel like they needed robert england to begin with because in their eyes freddie was just a guy in a mask and David Chaskin and Jack Shoulder were both determined to prove themselves as in, we can do this on our own. We don't need Wes Craven. We want to go a completely different direction and change all the rules. So, hey, uh, Brandy, Brandy here with a question. Uh, this is Brandy. I've got a question. Do you think that uh, Coach Schneider raped Freddie before he was burned to death? 
I think it's more likely that it's a representation of Freddie, like, I don't know, it's so hard to do. Like, they almost had, like, a kinship. Him and Freddie had so much in common if Freddie was the character that Wes Craven said they intended him to be in the first place. So why wouldn't Freddie take him over? Yeah, right. Like, if That's Freddie's all of a sudden trying to experiment with body, you know, uh, manipulation. Uh, at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do something easy. I want to do something hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I do want to say this, though. We brought this up last week, and it it, uh, goes into this week as well. The iconic Freddy, and Frankie, you had brought this up, didn't become that iconic one-liner punny Freddy until the third movie. Yeah, still not here. So the first movie, uh, he was, uh, you know, a guy that was in your dreams, he was Rob Zombie, yeah. He's more, uh, in this one, he is more of a nightmare. They said they they did just make up like a a male witch, yeah. That's where he gets his iconic look, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He barely Uh, has a personality in this movie, I mean, really. But at the same time, he delivers one of the most iconic lines, yes, yes, in the series, which is, You've got the body, and I've got the brain. Everybody quotes that line from Freddy, and that came from the worst nightmare movie, period. And probably he's the most it was also in this one. It was also a throw in line from Robert Shea, the producer, at last minute saying, Hey, say this, and it stuck, or him standing in front of the flame saying, You're all my children now. Yes, because later on, they reference that scene in Freddy's Dead when he stands over the cellar door and he goes, in every town, in every city, there's an Elm Street, which is a harken back to, because he's got the smoke, not fire, but smoke rising up behind him in that scene. That, But that's just a, like uh, this movie, and we've touched on this earlier, this movie has moments like that are just very, very solid. It's just a lot of the ideas overall didn't, they just didn't land. I mean, and the, the plot didn't tie them together well enough in, in my personal opinion. So I think that this, this movie is a vital part of the Freddie lore uh, as it is, uh, as the, or the Freddie series. I shouldn't say the lore because it changes the lore too much to say that, but, but as a Freddy series, you've got these iconic lines, you've got these iconic scenes, you've got these iconic looks, you've got so much that people know about Freddy came from this film that just, as a film itself, wasn't a successful Freddy film. I felt and like I'm, the Freddy in this one was a bit lazier. He wasn't as active as the other Freddy He characters. was tired. <laughs> well, bringing yourself into the, into the, into world, the real yeah, world, that like changes everything. The, the lowest... The lowest kill count only second to the Dream Child, which only had four deaths, whereas this movie, Dream Wise, only had two. Really? Two dream deaths. If you count the coaches as a dream death, that's and it wasn't. He wasn't asleep. And he wasn't even asleep. So technically there's only one dream death. And it's the girl in the bus. That's it. Grady was a dream death. Remember, Grady fell asleep. Okay, yeah, Grady. Okay, but even that being said, was it a dream death because they both weren't asleep and the skeleton was there for the other guy? 
they were both asleep though. Remember, like Grady was oh, staying right. up watching TV, and yeah. he, uh, Jesse had told him, "Whatever you do, don't go to sleep." Jesse went to sleep. Grady turns the TV off and says, "Sweet dreams, pal," and then yeah. he goes to sleep. Yeah. So yeah. But the everything else was in real world. There was only one dream death in that whole fucking movie. There's, one dream death. There's no. None of the characters from this movie appear, besides Freddie, appear in any other films, right? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So this is one that... They don't even harken back to these characters. I think they brought the parakeet back for part five. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is a scene where there's a bunch of burn-up shit. The parakeet could have been laying in the burn-up shit. But yeah, to me, this is the weakest of the Freddy movies. It's still a must-see because of the ideas and some of the great work that Freddy did in it. But all in all, completely fucking ignore this from the mythos. Because it now, at this time, there weren't other movies that went back to the original rules. But this movie blows all the fucking rules out of the water. And again, like I said, one dream death in this movie Second only to four dream deaths in fucking uh, fucking Freddy's kid, the uh, dream, <laughs> dream, not dream, dream child. Dream child. <clears throat> yep. Uh, guys, have we hit the points? That we- uh, Frankie, is there anything else you want to throw in on this? Uh, yeah, one thing, one last thing that I never got around to. Uh, when he go, when Jesse goes with Lisa to the factory. Uh, where he actually took the 20 children to kill them. Yes. And she asks him, well, do you, are you connecting with this in any way? She's saying that as if, as though he has revealed to her that he believes he is being taken over by Freddy Krueger. However, after he kills Grady and comes back to her house and is confessing everything, she acts like she has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah. So that's that was a big kind of plot flub. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. But have you have you considered she might be really stupid? <laughs> well, I no. <laughs> I, I guess that's just I sure. The we can call it that. Sure. The lead character went on to say. That I know it feels like a misstep in the series that there was not a female lead, but in his mind, he still considers himself a scream queen. Yes, he considers Mark Patton calls himself the first male scream queen, and he's the final boy. It's the well, yes. first example. This is a, a iconic film in, in the gay community. The gay community loves this film, except yes. for uh, they don't like the ending. Yeah, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he was, uh, uh, I just finished watching the film Scream Queen and this guy was, he quit acting, uh, from yeah, all the a things few years said, after that, yeah. and he moved to Mexico and got away from everything and didn't even know that there was a resurgence in a love for this film mm-hmm. until like decades later and all these years he had been, uh, mad at David Chastain because, David Chastain was like, man, I didn't, I didn't write this to be a, a, you know, have homosexual overtones at all. It was, it was the actor. He, he made it a, a, a gay mm-hmm. film, and and Mark stands by. He's like, I only did what was written. I did exactly yeah. what was written. And, and he was a, he was he a was, really good actor. He had actually been on Broadway 
with uh, Cher and uh, all of these big well, he, Broadway productions. He is, at this point in time, out and open about it. But at yes. that point in time, he was not and was very determined to not portray himself that way because he did not think he would get roles because well, of it. And then they let him do the dance scene, like, <laughs> ad-lib, and it was so, uh, like, I, and I don't say gay as a disparagement, mm -hmm. but it was so male sexually driven yep. uh, in a very predominant female way. But mm -hmm. when he moved to L.A., his managers and everything that he had uh, forced him, told him pretty much to dress straight mm -hmm. and, you know, keep him closeted and this and that. And uh, but something I think is awesome is uh, when he stepped away from everything, he went on to teach more about HIV, like give more education yeah. about yes. that. His, uh, his partner. I think that was very important. Yes, his partner definitely. had gotten HIV, didn't tell him mm -hmm. that he had HIV and then died from it. And uh, National Enquirer had a witch hunt at the time and was trying to show anybody who was gay was trying to, to yeah. put that out there and, and and make them, you know, get their get their dollars from putting that out there. And it was a it was a bad time. That was the AIDS pandemic and, and yes. Rock Hudson had passed away from it. And you know it what? Just, it's uh, it's great that some places have now banned conversion therapy. Yeah. Uh, that only just recently happened. So right. hooray for America. Yeah. But we also had like one of the most fucked up defeats uh, in our our history. On Friday. Yeah. On Friday. Yeah. And I'm not gonna go in deep about it because it's if you know you know, and if you don't, you're a horrible fucking yeah. thing. My mind is blown by it. Hope fuckingly we can do I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just fix it somehow. It's fucked. Well, Alabama sure as shit ain't gonna fix it. So no, Alabama no, ain't gonna no, do a no, damn not, thing. Welcome probably, to the land of the not free. They're right. plotting right now, guys. This has been our episode of Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: Freddy's Revenge. And listen, guys, it don't do not be afraid of your feelings. Do not be afraid of your emotions. I, I preach this all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. It is human to feel. Feel it, man. Don't let somebody tell you what you feel or what you like or what you're interested in. Don't let them tell to. you what is right because the minute you try to fight that, that's when you have a mental complex. Beforehand, mm -hmm. you did not. It was them telling you that this is the standard operating procedure that fucked you up. Mm -hmm. exactly. You don't owe it to anybody to pretend that you're something else other than what you who you really are. Because this is this years, is Brandy. In, in five years, in ten years, in twenty years, in thirty years, you will not know that person. I promise you, and you will be in a better place if you don't fucking listen to their stupid bullshit. And they will be in a shitty place. Because they purvey that bullshit to everybody. Guys, if you don't know Perfectly what we're talking said. about, what was, Welcome just, to the club. <laughs> what was just broke down to you is 100% stay rotten. Stay rotten, guys. Stay rotten. Stay rotten. Join us next time for another episode of Rotten Mornings. Thank you.